How can this be? Podcast. We're back. I'm joined here uh, with longtime friend of the program, George McClellan. How are you doing there, pal? I'm good. You know, just happy to be doing a podcast. You know, I figured the world needed two more white guys just talking about sports, especially from the New England region. So, you know, there, you know, there's there's a hole in the market. I feel like we can really capitalize on this wonderful transaction Thursday. Oh yeah, it's it's dead it's deadline eve that we're recording this. Uh, you'll be hearing it in your earballs on Major League Baseball trade deadline day. A lot going on so far, George. We've got the the Yankees making a real strong play for third place in the AL East right now. Really trying to hold off the Blue Jays. Um, but we're gonna talk. Uh, we're gonna talk some Sox all time in season trades, uh, good and bad today. Um, it's also NBA draft night. A lot going on, George. Yeah, you know, it, I'm happy on how it's all working out right now. It looks like, uh, you know. Owner LeBron is making his Lakers moves tonight so he can jump on the phone with our boy Shane Bloom and, you know, hammer out what the Red Sox need to do to get to the World Series so he can put on his third or fourth hat and support them in October. Now, uh, I, I know that they've uh, they've been saying uh, ownership's really pushing for them to make moves for for a guy like Scherzer. I know he's he's rumored to go elsewhere now. Do you think it was LeBron that was making those calls to, to Kime to – Tell him to get the scouts out to Philadelphia today to, to scout the Nats game. I, I you know, I, I think it was him and, and his crew over there at Clutch. You know, I, I haven't watched Space Jam 2. I've heard a lot of mixed reactions. Um, I've heard a lot of skip it, I, you know. So he's trying to change the narrative. He, you know, he wants to become the second best dressed player on his team. So he's bringing in Westbrook, it looks like, out to the left coast, bringing yeah. Brody home and. You know, hopefully he can go out and, you know, convince some team to trade the Red Sox a, a first baseman so I don't have to watch Michael Chavis and Bobby Dahlbeck swing at pitches above their head or in the dirt anymore in the eight hole. Oh, my God. Dahlbeck stinks. He, he, he I'm out on one, Dahlbeck. He does one thing real well, and it's just – it's unfortunately that it, he has to make contact to do that thing well. So Yeah. But they did slide him across the diamond last night, and he turned a double play at third base, so – uh, maybe yeah, he's, he's starting at third tonight too. Very weird. Rafi's out. I don't know. Yeah, Rafi. He had a little hammy issue. He's been, you know, he's been hitting the ball too well. He he pulled something rounding up in the second, but they said it was he'd be good to go tomorrow. Just a scheduled day off, and in, in classic classic Red Sox fashion, they only have like half a guy who can play a position. So yeah, no, definitely. Um, so, <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, deadline day tomorrow, George. Any uh, any trades you'd like the Sox to make? I mean, they don't have a. We, we were talking about it pre-show. They don't have like a sparkling history of in-season trades. They've got a couple of good ones, but it's mostly a mixed bag. I mean, any expectations out of you for tomorrow? My my expectations are pretty low. Um, I like to see them get like a, a, a veteran first baseman maybe that can hit lefty so we can, you know, take some pressure off the, the Bobby Dahlbecks of the world. Even though I am team Frenchman, I do ride for French Cordero, but he's another guy who uh, we, you know how bad it is 
for your first place Boston Red Sox when you got to send Frenchy Cordero out tonight against a left-hand starter. And the yeah. guy's still – I think he might he might be hovering around 200. But, yeah. you know, you know, like they used to have Mitch Moreland on the team. Obviously, he's playing for a, a competitive team over there in Oakland, so he won't be available. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I really thought Rizzo was going to be the guy, but it looks like the Yankees decided that, you know, like you said – Let's play for third place. Let's slug ourselves into the second wild card game, and then Garrett Cole can give up twelve runs, and we'll lose. Oh my God! Did you watch? Did you see any of that Yankees Rays game today? I, I I saw some tweets. It looked like the ball was uh was going was you know hitting the empty stands out there in right and left field. Ooh, buddy! Yeah, I I had it on in the background while I was uh, while I was doing work today, and that I think it was the sixth. They just went off. It put up a 10 spot in the sixth, chased this dude, Abreu, out of the game. They brought in another guy, gave up another home run to somebody, 14 nothing final or whatever. My God, you talk about a sad franchise, George. The once great Yankees, here they are, reduced to this, trotting out Garrett Cole against the Rays and getting his dick kicked in. Um, it was fun to watch. They fucking stink. I'm I'm very out on the Yankees. It's uh, it's not even fun to like, you know. They put they beat the Sox what twice this year? Come on, uh, three times. I, three I, times. I went Saturday. Of course, I saw the only home loss of the season. That was great. Yeah. Is yeah. what it is. Uh, George, George, the harbinger <laughs> of doom. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, one one stat that always always amazes me about the Yankees is I love how all their fans hang their hats on the 27 world championships, right? So, or whatever it is now. Is it 28 now? Uh, I'm, uh, it's, I'm, it's still 27. 27. Okay. So I'm trying to get this. I'm trying to get this right. So one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, 20. Of those trade of those of those World Series championships came before the JFK assassination. And of Some those would say that's based, the, the best period of baseball, though. The 60s or the leading into before that? Leading into before that. More mostly, you know, before World War II. All right. Pre-World War II. Yeah, I, I guess that's that's fair. Um, and then three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, one, two, three, four, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen. Uh, eleven of those titles uh, came before they integrated baseball. So, I mean, pretty much everybody that's alive watching the games today was not alive for any of those. So. Uh, that's that's one thing that's always kind of rubbed me the wrong way is when people like I don't I don't hang my hat on the Celtics championships from before I was born because I wasn't there to to witness them I don't know if you feel the same way or not George how do you feel about that I did you know I I'm the same way obviously like tradition runs deep in certain parts and certain Mm. stuff and when it's not going well and you know what they've won one since the Red Sox won in 04 so yep and that was mostly due to a wonderfully steroided out Alex Rodriguez. But mm. I'm not going to point fingers. You know, the Red Sox have never had anyone on their team test positive during a World mm. Series run. True. 
only after they've left, uh, you yeah. know, like don't our, our Lord and Savior Manny Ramirez. But yeah, you know, yeah, you know, a lot yeah, exactly. of acquisitions each way. But you know, steroids are fine. I, you know, it wasn't banned. Let them let them in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, I, would, I, I want you know I want steroid players in the Hall of Fame just to see how big Barry Bonds' head is going to be in that Cooperstown bus. Like, <laughs> does he get his? You know, they're like, let's put all the steroid players in their own wing. I'm like. Yeah, well, you know, should they put Barry Bonds' head just on a whole wall? Because that might be how big it takes. Oh, yeah. I I would have loved it if they did like the NFL does, where they give him like the bust that's like the head thing. How big – that, that would have been like watermelon size for Bonds. Oh, He's got a big look, squash. He's looking like 50 pounds. I, I think that they should have a disgraced player's wing in the Hall of Fame. Like, huh. it's a museum. Yeah. You know? Have the disgraced players committee vote them in. Well, it's also Pete Rose, Barry Bonds, Maguire, who are, Sosa. Who are they? Just whose eyes are they disgraced in? Like people who are going to be dead in twenty years. Like, yeah, yeah, exactly. Shoeless Joe, get Shoeless yeah. Joe in there. Exactly. Need to learn why why they you know why they fucked up. Exactly. I mean, I don't see anything wrong with it. Well, that's the or, number one part about history is to learn from your mistakes and not repeat them. So, yeah. Well. Speaking of history, we'll get right into it, George. Um, Red Sox in-season trades, our favorites. We got the good and the bad. What do you want to start with, good or bad? Let's let's give the, you know, it's tough times, you know, the Delta variant maybe coming back around. So let's start with some good. Let's get some good news for the people, especially going into tomorrow's, what, 4 p.m. deadline. Give the Red yep. Sox some good mojo. 4 p.m. deadline tomorrow. All right, so the first one, and, and we kind of cut it off. Uh, the last I think we cut it off at 98 right yeah a- AP after Pedro basically that's pretty when, much that's when this started so uh, the the most important one will or most important first or least important what do you want to go with let's go most important everyone should know this one and then we'll most just important. get kind of weird after yeah trade deadline 2004 July 31st three-way deal shipping Nomar out of town, bringing back uh, Doug Mankiewicz and Orlando Cabrera from the Twins and the Expos, uh, respectively. Uh, Nomar and Matt Merton to the Cubs. And then looking at it on baseball reference, the Expos and the Twins got a whole lot of nothing. I mean, it, there was it, it was prospects that didn't really pan out to anything, but I think that was okay with, with both of them because they were in the – at the time, that's when they were talking about contraction in Major League Baseball, so I don't really think they cared. So the players that ended up in uh, Montreal and Minnesota were – so the Cubs sent Francis Beltron, Alex Gonzalez, and Brendan Harris to the Expos, and the Cubs sent Justin Jones to the Twins. So not – a whole lot there in terms of anything. I mean, they're just warm bodies shipping around. So um, obviously that kind of catapulted the Red Sox to their first world series title in 86 years. I mean, I don't think anything's really more important than that, George. Uh, I mean, I, I read the book as a kid feeding the monster about, and they had the whole chapter about Nomar and how much of like a clubhouse cancer he actually was. So, I mean, this evidently worked out and 
Cabrera obviously didn't stay after neither of those guys stayed after that year. Um, Cabrera signed with the angels. Minkiewicz, I think they shipped out of town if I'm not mistaken. Um, But like, Hey, they were solid defensive guys that were able to kind of shore up a couple holes there that, you know, Cabrera had a couple big hits. Minkiewicz was able to take over from Millar at, at first base. Millar, not a great defensive player. So, I mean, I don't know, George, what do you think? Uh, you know, it, it obviously, it worked, right? That's the biggest thing. Mm-hmm. Um, now, are we saying this is the greatest, you know, deal of the last 20 years for the Red Sox if, you know, Bill Miller doesn't get that hit up the middle and right. Dave Roberts doesn't steal that base? But it, it worked. Obviously, they got Roberts in a separate deal that day, which was, was big as well. But, yeah. You know, it's just one of those things. Sometimes you just got to move on. You know, I think Nomar had one year left on his deal when they shipped him out. They, there weren't the extension. Just you know, you would just yeah. ran into the wall for three or four years with him and Manny. You know, there it, it kind of looked like Ortiz was taking over as the leader of that team, and yeah. they were going in a different direction. It, it's tough to see a team win a World Series that went by the moniker of the Idiots, yep. with you know. <laughs> with, if with Mr. Serious, take your shirt off on the Sports Illustrated cover, no Mark Garcia par. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah, I mean, you want to talk about a guy who probably did a lot of steroids with the way his body broke down and the way he looked on that SI cover. No Mark Garcia par. I would put my entire mortgage payment next month on it, you know? like Yeah, he was named in the Mitchell Report. Yeah. So, you know, he was a great Red Sox. You know, he he hit 372 in one of those years. I don't think anyone in the AL is coming even close to hitting 372. Yeah. Not, you know, Red Sox all fan, a great player, but you know, sometimes you gotta, you gotta say goodbye. Yeah. Um, so I'll start with a bad one. Yeah. Um, it's from that era. Um, I combined two trades with the Pirates more or less into Ooh. one. Um, Ooh. they had traded for Jeff Supon, I want to say like seven to nine days earlier and then for some 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 people failed their physicals so some people came back i'm not sorry they traded for scott sauerbeck earlier and mm. then they ended up going back to the pirates and getting uh jeff supon um so more or less the trade was supon and sauerbeck for mike gonzalez who was a whole lot of nothing not and uh freddie sanchez who played second base uh ah. Sanchez went on to make three all-star teams at second base and won the NL batting crown in 2006. And if you know anything about the, uh, you know, the 03 to 08 Red Sox until Pejoria came around second base was a big time hole. So uh, there's some legends there from Mark Loretta to Todd Walker to Mm. Mark Bellhorn, you know, uh, Tony Graffino, Pokey Reese. It was just a big hole and they had a kid in their system that could have worked out. Um, Sauerbeck, after the deal, 12 runs, 17 hits, 18 walks, and 16 and two-thirds innings. So, great. Mm. Really helped out the squad there. Jeff Supon went three and four with a 5-4-4. Didn't make the postseason roster. So, your mm. big deal. <laughs> the Jeff <postseason>. Supon. <laughs> didn't even get the pitchery in October. Um, he is famous for getting thrown out by David Ortiz in game three of the 2004 world series. If you remember that, I remember that. Yeah. (laughs) He rounded third base and Ortiz, who probably hadn't thrown a ball across the diamond in about 
nine months. Got yeah. Back. Yeah. So that, I, that's his most famous Red Sox moment. That's uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, he, he was originally drafted by the Sox too. Yeah. And, yeah. They and, shipped him out earlier in the early nineties. And then, yeah, it looks like he was, uh, I, I just pulled it up on baseball reference. He was unprotected in the 97 expansion draft picked up by the D backs. So, um, yeah, Jeff Supon storied Boston Red Sox, Scott Sauerbeck <laughs> storied Boston Red Sox. Yeah, I, yeah. Can't, I can't wait for Scott Sauerbeck day. <laughs> it would have it been nice to have Freddie Sanchez for a couple of those years. Cause he is actually, you know, halfway decent above replacement level type of player. Yeah. But, he, uh, he had a good little career there for the pirates and then they dealt him over to the giants. And I think he won one or two rings for the, with the giants. So yeah. Good for him. What could have been, what could have been. Um, all right. So we'll, we'll, uh, We'll move back across to a, a good deal. Uh, another wildly important deal uh, to set the Sox up for a title. August 25th, 2012, the major colonic by Ben Charrington getting Josh Beckett, Adrian Gonzalez, Carl Crawford, and probably the most important guy out of town, Nick Punto. <laughs> Sending him to the Dodgers, getting back. I mean, what they got back wasn't really important. It was the fact that the Dodgers were willing to take on like hundreds of millions of dollars in in their salary there because Crawford was a bum. By that point, Beckett was a bum. I mean, Nick Punto was just a utility guy, whatever. And then- you, you can't you can't sell Punto short though, because there's yeah. that famous selfie of them all on the private jet heading to L.A., and I'm pretty sure Punto was the one who took it. Ooh, okay. All right. So he's got that I, going for him, at least. So I don't know if, like, that might be too deep cut. Uh, I don't know what the demographics on this podcast are. There might be one guy listening right now, you know, and he's like, yep, and then a couple people are probably going to retweet it or maybe tag you on the gram in it, but <laughs> – I got a friend who refers to Nick Punto as Shredder. Don't know what that means. <laughs> yeah, why? If that's what? Nick Punto's nickname. <laughs> let's just, let's go to baseball Shredder. reference. If it's um, if it's on baseball reference, it's legit. Let's see. Nick Punto. Is he known as Shredder? <laughs> Nick Punto see. also uh, wore the unretired Nomar number five. Hmm. Um, yeah. See, it doesn't say. I don't see any uh, any nickname. Pa- okay, uh, any nicknames here. I know. Oh wait, Twitter at Shredder Punto. There we go. <laughs> so it goes by Shredder. There we go. Wow. Now is this is a cross sports reference? But is that better than you know Dion Waiters trying to go by Kobe Wade at points of his career? Oh man. <laughs> I don't know. I don't think anybody's more important to uh, ridiculous sports than Dion Waiters. I mean. He is, I mean, he's like, he's the Mount Rushmore of weird NBA players. I'll give him that, right? I mean, yeah. microwave well, maybe, guys that do weird shit. We'll have, to, we'll have to bookmark weird sports nicknames. Hammer that yeah. one out later. Yeah, we can do that later. Yeah, absolutely. But, yeah, the Sox got back. Uh, James Loney. Legend. He was he was probably the only one I think looking at the list of the guys they got back. He was the only one that really had 
any semblance of a, a, a major league baseball career. Cause the other guys were Ivan De Jesus, Alan Webster, Jerry Sands and Ruby De La Rosa. None of those guys did anything. Pretty sure Lo- Jerry Sands hit some bombs in Pawtucket. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He probably made it rain in McCoy. Are you kidding me? Um, yeah, really, really stocked up the Paw Sox for an uh, for International League run back in 2012. But that obviously set them up to, to get those guys out of town, uh, including noted locker room lawyer Adrian Gonzalez, which – Tying it into present day, Olympia Anthony Rizzo. Isn't oh, I thought you were gonna. You don't know Adrian Gonzalez is playing for Mexico in the Olympics. I did not know Adrian <laughs> Gonzalez is playing for Mexico in the Olympics. That's hilarious. Uh, Rizzo was one of the prospects the Sox gave up to the Padres to get him. Yep, and Casey Rizzo, Kelly, Casey Kelly, a couple other guys. Um, but yeah, I mean. Pretty important trade, I would say, George. Yeah, it, it really is. You know, and that that allowed them to go out and sign a bunch of character guys, and then they went on their run in 2013. Yeah, and that's when the Dodgers were a disaster, too. I think that was when uh, Frank McCourt got divorced and had to declare bankruptcy. Uh, yeah, so, Magic hadn't taken over yet. Yeah, Magic hadn't taken over yet. And so, in a way, Ben Charrington, I mean – if it weren't for Ben Sherrington, Magic Johnson doesn't own the Dodgers now, right? Yeah. I mean, he's not a part owner of the Dodgers. So, I mean, Magic should be given given Ben Sherrington as flowers in Pittsburgh. I mean, that's that's a hot phrase in the streets nowadays with with Chris Paul in the finals. But um, yeah, let's let's switch back over to a, a bad in season trade, George. What do we got here? All right, um, I got trade deadline July thirty first. 2010 um the red sox trade ramon ramirez the prized possession of the earlier coco chris trade Ooh, for someone named daniel turpin turpin obviously you haven't heard of him so nothing mm. really great happened with him i wish him well yeah. um ramirez gave up two runs in 25 innings striking out 15 in 2010 after the trade deadline to help the dodgers win the world series oh okay you know and uh at a two five four ERA in sixty six games in twenty eleven, and if you know anything about the Red Sox, they can never have enough bullpen arms. So yeah, no kidding. And yeah. like anytime you can, you know, just dump a quality guy out there. It's like the big thing was if you know twenty eleven, the the collapse that set up your trade. You know, yeah. would have been great yeah, to yeah, have yeah. a guy like Ramirez out there to to shut you down, and you know maybe even take some take some innings away from old Papelbon when he just decides to implode and dance his way out down to Philadelphia. I, I remember exactly where I was during that 2011 collapse. I was in Scorps. There you go. Uh, it, it was, it was lightly attended. So it wasn't a Thursday, Friday or Saturday. Um, I, I don't remember well, which day, day of the week it was. That's true. Yeah. Um, I don't think it was, I don't think it was trivia night either. So it might, it was probably a month. It was probably a Monday or a Tuesday, which is, I don't know why I was at the bar on a Monday or a Tuesday, but you know, whatever. Um, and when Evan Longoria hit that home run to beat, to, to advance the, uh, the Rays to the playoffs and knock the socks out. I, I almost had a, a fucking, I had a meltdown, like seriously, like, 
and that's when I kind of, it was kind of from there that I started to learn. It's much easier to, as our, uh, as our favorites, Jalen and Jacoby say, be a die easy fan. Cause then you don't look like a complete asshole at a bar, you know? So Jesus. Yeah. Uh, man, I'm having like PTSD flashbacks right now, George. I mean, you, you, you really, yeah, I, <laughs> I remember I had, I'd been, I was in living in Chicago after I graduated college in summer, 2011. I came, it was like the rare, like, three to four week period of my life in between Chicago and moving to Nashville. Yeah. And I went to a bunch of games and like, I, you know, I get the Facebook memories popping up this is before they like the Twitter days. And like, there's a bunch of just like going to the Red Sox game to, to save their season. Cause they were just falling apart. Cause I was back in like early September. Yeah. And I remember watching that at home. Papelbon blows the game against the Orioles and it must have been like what seven minutes later Longoria hit that hanging curveball yeah if that yeah it, then, it uh, was like like back to back like that it was crazy how quickly it melted noted noted friend of the program Adrian Gonzalez went on and said they would have won if God had wanted them to win and win oh that's kind of when I turned against him yeah but, it, he He's not an easy guy to love, Adrian Gonzalez, man, because he had that, like, decide just decided he wanted to stop playing a few years ago when he was with the Dodgers, too. Yeah. So, you know, yeah. good for him for, you know, for what he believes in and everything. But he had – everyone said he had, like, like that patented lefty swing and he was just going to hammer the monster, mm. and he, he did that, you know, in mm. 2011. He, you know – that was one of those years if they make the playoffs, it's like between him and Ellsbury, who's going to win the MVP and they don't, they fall flat on their face and neither one of them wins it. But, right. Yeah. Well, sometimes that's the way the cookie crumbles. Exactly. Um, all right. So good trade now. Uh, tra uh, trade deadline, July 30th, 2013. Another three-way deal that helped shore up some issues the Sox had down the stretch to lead to another World Series title. Sox get Jake Peavy from uh, from the White Sox uh, in a three-team deal. Also acquired a minor leaguer. Uh, gave up the immortal Jose Iglesias, who's still kicking around. Uh, also gave up, which I didn't realize until actually a little bit a couple of months ago, Frankie Montes, who's turned into a pretty good starter for the A's. Uh, he was with, you know, he was with the White Sox for a little while and then a couple minor leaguers. So, I mean, not, not a whole, not a whole lot of uh, like major names there, George, but PV was solid in 2013 down the stretch for the Sox. He bought the duck boat yeah. after they won the title. I mean, he kicked around in Boston for a couple of years after that, I, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, before they, they shipped, shipped him out again. Francisco and he won another ring. Yeah. So, yeah, he was uh, 13, and uh, they traded him in. Oh, wow. He had a rough, rough 2014 for the Sox, one and yeah, nine. 14 was, a, 14 was a rough year for the Sox. Um, yeah. You want me to jump right in with a bad one? They were dumping yeah. people left and right at that deadline. Yeah. Um, they, I, you know, I didn't put it on there because it ended up being a good trade, but uh, 
they dumped my my friend Hoss Lackey to uh, the, to the cards. Yeah. For, uh, for the immortal Alan Craig and uh, actually Joe Kelly. So you know Joe Kelly helped them a lot win a World Series in eighteen and fought the Yankees. So that was yeah. a good deal. But a bad deal in twenty fourteen is they traded one of the best number fives in Red Sox history, Johnny Gomes and mm. John Lester, and plus cash. Whenever you're giving up the best players in the trade, you also have to pay for them to leave. Yeah. That's a key part in trading. Yeah. And they uh, they received the immortal Jonas Cespedes in a ah. 2015 competitive balance round B pick. Don't know who that came out to. Didn't really, you know, didn't really dive deep into the reference to figure that out. Um. Jonas Cespedes highlights. He formed the uh, the wonderful BBC out, outfield with uh, Mookie Betts and Jackie Bradley for about two months. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and then they dealt him for Rick Porcello, um, in which, you know, Porcello want to sign young. Like, that's fine. My issue with why this trade is bad is because you traded John Lester. You could have just signed John Lester. And because mm. you trade John Lester, you then have to overpay for David Price, who was, you know, helped you in 18, but was more or less a disaster outside of that, you know, two months. Yeah. And then David Price was so bad and you, the contract was so bad. You had to trade, you know, literally the best player of the, this current age in baseball, Mookie Betts, to get rid of him. So yeah. you, you can make the argument if you, you just keep Lester, Mookie Betts may still be on the Red Sox. Yeah, that's uh, that's interesting to look to think about. Uh, I mean, a lot of cause and effect there. Yeah. So basically, Ben Charrington pissing me off by not re-signing John Lester after they traded him also allowed Heim Bloom to piss me off by trading Mookie Betts last year before the pandemic. So, wow, man, what a what a butterfly effect we got there, George. Yeah, it's just one of those things, you know, you look at it in a vacuum and it's okay. You know, especially mm. if you look at it for the, the two trades, which is, you know, Lester for Cespedes, Cespedes for Porcello, yep. you know, don't understand why Porcello is not currently working in major league baseball, but who knows? Um, but it's just, it causes you to overpay. And then even if you sign price and you have price and Lester, maybe you don't make the sale trade. You don't have to extend sale. It, it, it's just this whole thing, you know, mm. and it's, there's, you know, probably six listeners out there. You know, my, our front pocket Dario is probably listening saying that's too big of a stretch, but you know, he's probably mad at us for bashing. Josh <laughs> <Beck>. <laughs> but yeah, no kidding. Um, you know, it's, it's just, it's one of those things. I'm going to, I'm going to find out who that competitive balance B <laughs> pick ended up being. Let's see. Uh, competitive balance B. I don't even know what that means. Uh, I think it's the second round of competitive balance picks. Let's see. The comp A picks are far, far more valuable than the comp B picks. Oh, this just brought me to a, a Cardinal site. Wow. This is George. This is something. I don't know how to find this. Yeah. I, I think I, I did one Google and I was like, all right. Yeah. Oh, here we go. All right, let's see. Competitive balance, round B. Let's see what the Sox got that year. Six clubs that did not win a selection around A, eligible for round B. Yeah, I don't know. I can't find it. This is yeah. 
we'll have to cut this part out, but whatever. Anyway, no, leave it um, in. maybe maybe a listener will, will have the name for us and we can go root for him against the F cats. Yeah. <laughs> if they're still kicking around, <laughs> you know, six, he could be a high school kid. He could be 24. Yeah. Well, 25, that would make him, I think that would make him a rule five guy this year. If, uh, yeah. if, if he's still, if whoever it is, is still there. Um, but yeah, so, so Cespedes didn't work out. Then he broke both of his ankles falling off a horse when he was with the Mets. And then he abruptly retired mid pandemic last year. Right. Yeah. He opted out. Um, I don't know what his deal with this year. I haven't really thought of him in a while. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I forget if he, I think he retired or something. He got you his know, money. unceremoniously he, left. Yeah. He's got his money. He's got his ranch. He's good. Yeah. So he, let's see. Yeah. 2020. Yeah. He opted out and then became a free agent at the end of the 2020 season and has not been around since. So, um, but yeah, a uh, draft update, George, uh, the Rockets just took Jalen green number two. Okay. Um, and the Cavs pick is in now, just waiting for Adam Silver to come out to the podium and announce that. So uh, best best on the board, according to Mike Schmitz, Evan Mobley, Jalen Suggs, Scotty Barnes, Jonathan Kaminga. Here is Adam Silver. Third pick to the Cavs. Evan Mobley. That's you know, I just I know Kevin loves you know coming back from injury and declined going to the Olympics, but it's I just don't you know it seems a little redundant to have such a great player like Kevin Love. And, <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you what, Evan Mobley's suit is looking fresh right is now. Is he good? He's got, yeah, he's got this baby blue suit. He's wearing a lot of chains, no tie, but he's got very he's got a lot of what you would consider in a mid-aughts hip-hop music video uh, to be ice. Okay. Very shiny silver chains. Um, yeah, looks good. Nice, clean, clean look. I'm all in on that look. So I think he'll be pretty good with the, uh, with the Cavs. Um, Especially if they draft his brother next year. Oh, yeah. Oh, that'd be great. Um, but yeah, back to back to Sox deadline moves here. Um, so we've gone through three. So this one important, another one, uh, common theme. All these have either directly or indirectly helped the Sox win a title so far. Uh, July 25th, 2018, the Red Sox traded the immortal Jalen Beeks, the Tampa Bay Rays, for Nathan Avaldi who is now the ace of the staff. So that one worked out. I know Evaldi was kind of like having a, I would consider it like a sputtering career. He was injured a lot. I know he had a, he had to have a couple TJs, if I'm not mistaken, a couple Tommy John surgeries, um, kicked around, saw Rays, Yankees. Where I mean, he was a he's couple other fish, places, right? right? Yeah, was he? Let's see. Let's look it up. Nathan Evaldi was yep he was on the fish good call uh dodgers 11 12 marlins 14 to 12 to 14 yankees 15 16 rays 18 
and the Sox 2018 to present. So, so some would say he knows the division pretty well. Oh, yeah. Very, very much so. The only guy I think that knows the division better is 2018 World Series MVP, Steve Pierce. Wait, he knows. He, he got all of them, didn't he? Uh, did, did he go to the Rays? That's the only one I don't oh, know. Oh, no, I don't think he went head. to the Rays. You didn't go to the Rays. So, yeah, he, he was he kicked around a lot of places. So he was Orioles 2012, Yankees 2012, Orioles again 13 to 15. Uh, oh, he did play for the Rays 2016. Right. Yeah. So, wow, listen to this trajectory for, for Steve Pierce, George. Pirates 07 to 11. Played for three teams in 2012, the Orioles, the Astros, and the Yankees. There you go. Back to the Orioles for two years. Then to the Rays. Same season, back to the Orioles. Then the Jays and wrapped out wrapped his career up with the Sox. You so, think he bought or rented in Baltimore? Oh, man. I, I, hope he, I hope he owns like an entire apartment complex <laughs> and just is like one of those Instagram uh, money mindset guys. Just like <laughs> you got to reinvest your wealth. <laughs> To make cash flow. Yeah. One of those guys just, Monday. This could be yours. This could be yours. He's just like, he's just holding up stacks of cash that he got from rent that month. Um, but yeah, I mean, Avaldi, phenomenal in the playoffs, had that the unforgettable game that he lost in the middle of the night after everybody had long fallen asleep on the East Coast because it was almost 5 a.m. Um, where he he threw like a full starters load of innings yeah, there. Two thirds. There you go. Four years Homer. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Um, so yeah, and then Jalen Beeks. I, I saw Jalen Beeks Major League Baseball debut. I went and saw him pitch against the Tigers. I was with my friend, uh, my friend Megan, who's actually been a guest on this podcast before, and we were at the uh, Boston beer works across the street. We're like, all right, uh, we'll have one more first inning. I'll, you know, we'll get in after the first inning. And he got his tits lit up by the time, a bad tigers team in the first inning. I was like, Oh my God, get this guy off my team. Fire him into the sun for God's sakes. Oh, we George, any thoughts? Better or worse than uh, Andrew Kastner's Red Sox debut. Oh man, we we were at that too, weren't we? You and I, you, me, and Pockets. Yeah. I think, yeah, good, good crew. Yeah, we again, Boston Beer Works, right beforehand. Um, Our poor yeah. one out for Boston Beer Works. Yeah, may it may it rest in peace. Uh, wait, is that a, are they out of business now? The one in Fenway's closed. Oh God, that's a disgrace. I love that bar. I can't drink beer anymore, but I love that bar. Hey, if anyone's looking for a uh, good Fenway bar, it's called the Bullpen. It's actually – got to go down a sketchy alley to get to it, but it's actually underneath the pro shop. And Ooh. you can go up and you can go up the stairs and you get your own entrance into uh, Jersey Street. Oh, wow. Okay. It's a little inside baseball, inside baseball drinking for you. Is uh, – up oh, Scotty Barnes to the Raptors – fourth uh okay. from florida state uh, is is that your favorite fenway bar what's your favorite fenway bar george where are you go are you a cast guy or are you going somewhere else i'm 33 now so my days <laughs> my days of doing the old walk in the bills bar and slink down the hallway into the lansdowne maybe behind me yeah not saying you know if, if skip called me in I, I could give you a good 
good seven or eight drinks there. But, <laughs> you know, people have said a lot of this. The pandemic has accelerated a lot of things. And they have accelerated my times going to bars past midnight. So, Oh, dude. Me too. I, I just I went to a bachelor party down in down in Charleston, South Carolina a couple of weeks ago. And even then, like I hit midnight. I'm like, all right, I got to go back. Like, I'll still like hang out, have a few cocktails. But I just I don't I don't want to be in this bar crowded dance club anymore. Yeah. You know, <laughs> I'm, not, we, I'm not trying to box out in a bar anymore. Like, yeah, I'd rather post up at a table and have a conversation. Yeah. stare off at what movies on in the background because they didn't change the channel after TNT when the playoff game ended. <laughs> I I uh that that happened to me once at a strip club and it was uh Forgetting Sarah Marshall was on TV. Good, I watched uh I watched Forgetting Sarah Marshall while I was at the strip club. <laughs> Any of the ladies sit down and, and check it out with you? Yeah, you know, had a had a couple of uh yeah, I had a couple Coors Lights, watched uh, watched Jason Siegel run around in the nude, trying to surprise uh, Sarah Marshall there. Um, but, yeah. Um, Happy tissues or sad tissues? Oh, they were, they were most definitely sad tissues for me <laughs> that night. <laughs> uh, nobody, nobody watches Forgetting Sarah Marshall at a strip club and then comes out of there happy, you know? <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to, like – in strip clubs, they're they're you know they're good for twenty minutes. I, it's, I don't know. Maybe I just don't have the the income to enjoy strip club to its fullest. Oh no! Listen, if you if you if you make one wrong move, you're out uh, several hundred dollars, and it's it's not pretty. You you know, life full of regret. Women that talk to you that make you think that they're gonna sleep with you, and they don't, and then you're just out like two hundred bucks. Like, the, ah. the worst part about the strip club is it, it's it's its own economy, right? Mm. Yeah. Like you either gotta go pay a seven dollar fee to get singles out of an ATM, or they can run your card for no fee for strip club dollars that you could only use that night, right? Oh, wow! So like, yeah. So like you can buy like you know a hundred dollars worth of strip club dollars. And then be like, all right, I got 50 for the next time I come back. Like, who's ever going to come back? But yeah, now nah, you're just out 50 bucks. Yeah. No, the worst is the ones that are like BYOB too. And you're just like, you have $100 of strip club. And it's like, what, like, what am I going to do with this? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. $100 of strip club bucks and BYOB. You really lose. I mean, I don't know if you're losing out on the deal. Cause it's like nine bucks for a, a, like a, a Miller light in there. So, yeah, I mean, not, not great, but you know, whatever, but uh, George bad trade. What do we got? Well, speaking of a guy who might've been pro strip clubs, um, July 31st, 2007, this is kind of goes with a, a move that, you know, the Red Sox still won the World Series, but it really didn't help them or hurt them right. this year. They traded Angel Beltre, wonderful Casey Gabbard, and David Murphy to the Texas Rangers for Eric Gagne in cash. So oh. uh, Gagne, regular season, gave up 14 runs on 26 hits in 18 and two-thirds innings. And he made the postseason roster, unlike Jeff Supon, gave you four innings, gave up three runs. Um, Gabbard was Gabbard 
you know, nothing right home about, but David Murphy ended up hitting 274 over his final eight years of his careers for the Rangers angels. And at the time I wrote this, it was the Cleveland baseball team, but now they're the guardians. So, yeah. Um, yeah. David Murphy had a pretty nice little career. Uh, yeah. I mean, Gagne, the, Gagne was terrible. Yeah. I, I don't, you know, he was off. The, I don't know how he was keeping it together for Texas. Cause he was obviously off the juice, but yeah. No, that, I mean, because looking at his numbers, he was solid for Texas. Two, 2.16 yeah. ERA, 16 saves. You know, he had a halfway decent season for a, a yeah. bad Texas team. But, like, he was a, a far cry from his his meaty years of 02 to 04 where he had over 150 saves combined. And so, didn't he go, like, 50 without giving one up? Like, without yeah, blowing one? Yeah, he he was he was fucking terrific. Uh, Microscopic ERA. I mean, he had 152 saves. And how about this, George? This is going to blow your mind. 2002, 2003, and 2004. Eric Gagne threw exactly 82 and a third innings each year. Wow! How about that? Yeah, knew his he knew his number. He did. Uh, three All-Star games, one a Cy Young. Uh, I mean, he finished fourth and seventh two of the other years there. But, yeah, you know, he was he was a stud, and then he completely fell apart at the seams when he got to Boston. So, uh, wrapped it up with Milwaukee in 08. I think he yeah. played – I think he did some independent ball from there. He's trying, he's, yeah, he might have he played for the Long Island Ducks. Yeah. yeah, I think I think he was in the he was in either the Atlantic League or the uh, or the the Can Am League. Let's see. Oh yeah, Quebec Capitales of the Can Am League. There we go. Just a fan uh, of the game. Just yeah, listen, playing for the love of the game. Yeah, he bounced around with the bounce around there. Quebec Capitales, the Trois Rivieres Agiles. I don't even know how to pronounce that. French Canadian, uh, the Ottawa Champions. And then uh, had a couple comeback attempts with the Dodgers. Didn't work out. Signed a contract with the, the Long Island Ducks. Very call, George. <laughs> uh, after working out with the Dodgers during spring training and pitching in the WBC for Team Canada, he signed a contract with the independent Long Island Ducks and retired again on May 21st, 2017. So, so he, he pitched another 10 years, maybe not at the highest level, but yeah, I mean, he, he kicked around, he was still throwing a baseball and getting paid some, you know, some form of cash for it. So, um, Jalen Suggs to the magic, George. Fat no, pick. There we go. That's good. You know, he's a, he's a proven winner and he'll help build the culture, you know, once again, a little redundant because they got, you know, wonderful point guards down there like Cole Anthony and Mark Fult. So, you yeah. know, we'll see what they do there. They might be able to move one. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, Patrick got two picks, right? Eight and 10 or eight and five and eight, five and eight. Yep. They got the bulls pick too, for the, uh, the Vucevic deal. Um, but yeah. All right. So, uh, I think we're, we're down to number five here, right? If I'm not mistaken. So uh, my, my fifth one, uh, we, we had a little, we had a little discussion beforehand trying to figure out because the Sox, you'd be surprised have not made a ton of good in-season moves over the years. It's mostly been 
negative, bad stuff, that stuff that hasn't worked out. So we were between a couple. We, we, we kicked around uh, Devin Marrero for Josh Taylor in 2018. Uh, trade deadline 01. Uh, Oogie Urbina from the Expos for Tomo Oka uh, and Rich Rundles. Um, what else do we? What else did we say? Uh, the the Andrew Miller for Eddie Rodriguez deal in 2014, but they they were bad then. So I mean that that one kind of came to fruition later. The one we settled on here. Uh, this one was a fun one. This is why we liked it. May first, 2006. <laughs> The Sox traded Josh Bard and Clay Meredith to the Padres for Doug Mirabelli and then immediately shipped him across the country and provided him with a police escort from Logan Airport to get him there in time for Wakefield's first pitch that night, which was incredible. Talk about an incredible display of resilience getting him to that game, right? (laughs) The the most incredible part is he changed – in the drive from Logan, like they had him be put on his uniform and his catcher's gear in the limo or the town car that they sent to pick him up. Yeah, uh, was, that was great. And that was that was all just because jo- they saw, they traded Mirabelli to the Padres for Mark Loretta. And Good then tra- they needed a, they needed a guy to to pick up the slack on, on Wakefield's personal catcher. And they went with a guy who could not catch Tim Wakefield. Yeah, his knuckle wasn't big enough. So uh, nice to get him back. I mean, George, I, I know, I know, you said the the prize of the deal was Clay Meredith. Yeah, Clay Meredith had some good years out of the bullpen. Um, not, I can't recall if he was good for San Diego or if he came back home and pitched to the Baltimore Orioles. But I feel like he put two or three years together where he had like a sub two ERA, kind of three quarters delivery from the right side. Um, mm. I'm pretty sure like he started a game for the Red Sox before they dealt him and he got absolutely lit up mm. um, or no, he came out of the bullpen and I feel like he gave up a grand slam in his first at bat as a major league pitcher. And Oh, yeah. wow. Yeah. That, that would make sense. Yeah. I've got his stats pulled up here. So he pitched in Oh five. He pitched three games for the Sox ERA of 27. Uh, two and a third innings pitch, seven earned runs and a homer. So that would make sense if it was a grand slam. Yeah. And Oh six with San Diego, he was five and one with a 1.07 ERA in 45 games. He was solid that year. Yeah. Um, gave up six runs in 50 and two thirds innings, which is pretty good. Yeah. Um, good, uh, good bulk relief guy. The next couple of years there, it looks like, uh, not, you know, 80 games, 79 and two thirds, 73 games, 70 and a third. And then he kind of slipped off from there, ended up in Baltimore, finished it out in 2010 at age 27. And that was pretty much it for him. So um, un- unfortunate that that didn't work out for him. Released by the Nationals in 2011. Looks like he tried to make a comeback. He didn't make it out of spring training. So um, but Mirabelli, a Boston folk hero. So that one worked out, which not many of the others have. So yeah, backup catcher is one of those positions that you, know, you can always recall as you go through the years, you know, yeah. you know, obviously started with Mirabelli. There was the Josh Bard experiment. 
you know, you have your David Rosses in 2013. Mm -hmm. Um, was it in 18? The current guy they got, Poecki, is lights out. I'll get him more at bat. So, uh, the Weck dog, yeah. yeah. Uh, 2018. Who was 2018? Shit. I don't remember who that was. Yeah, I guess it's not all that memorable. (laughs) (laughs) Was it Kelly Shopik? No, it was not Kelly Shopik. They got rid of him. Uh, Did Kelly Shopik die recently? Am I mistaken? (laughs) I hope not. Um, Shopik Shopik came back. They traded him in, uh, I want to say, in like the Coco Chris trade, and then they brought him back later his career yeah they did oh five he was with the Sox, and then he came back later in 2012 yeah um he didn't have a very good career i thought he was going to be better honestly ryan Lavarway, i believe is act was on a major league roster like a week or two ago um made a comeback speaking of the 2011 red sox collapse he tried to save them with a couple home runs in that oreo season series wow so the, this was this was the trade that he was involved in for for Coco Crisp. It was uh, Kelly Shopik, Andy Marte, Guillermo Moda, a player to be named later in cash for Coco Crisp, Josh Bard, and David Risky. Risky, he came out of the pen and got lit up. Yeah, the, again another Red Sox reliever that didn't didn't <laughs> end up working out. You could, um, we could have done a whole podcast on the guys the last five years from Andrew Bailey to Carson Smith to Joel Hanrahan. And Joel Hanrahan's what's Addison that? Reed. Addison Reed. Uh, oh, there's a lot, man. Who's the guy they got for uh, Travis Shaw? He's stuck. Oh, Lynch Thornbird. Like Tyler Thornbird. Thornbird. Um, the immortal Bobby Jenks. Bobby Jenks, yeah. <laughs> Uh, even he's good now, but Mark Melanson stunk when he was with the Sox. Yep. Uh, they traded in for Anran. I think they got, I think they got them in the same deal. Didn't they? No, they traded, uh, the immortal Jed Lowry for Melanson. Ah, yes. Okay. All right. Let's see. Uh, let's see what that, that deal was. And then we'll, then we'll move on to the, uh, there it is um then we'll move on to the the last bad one that we uh that we got here let's see the melanson trade was traded by the Sox to the pirates you're right it was for hanrahan and one of my personal favorites brock holt oh there we go brock star all-star brock star I, I was there uh, the first time Holt hit a uh, hit the hit the cycle for the Sox um, in the regular season, not the postseason one. But um, yeah, no, that I mean that one worked out. Uh, you know, Holt was good for the good for the Red Sox for a few years. So can't be mad at that. Fell off and then Koji took over. Yep. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, Hanran was trash. Um, anyway, yeah. So I guess we're we're down to the the last bad trade, George. What do we got? So this is a bit of a deep cut here. Um, okay. It's July 22nd, 2009. The Red Sox traded Arjenes Diaz and current major leaguer Hunter Strickland, which shocked me, um, to the Pittsburgh what? Pirates. <laughs> I didn't even know they had Hunter Strickland. Yeah, I know. Um, to the Pittsburgh Pirates for noted dad, Adam LaRoche. Mm. 
didn't he have that whole thing when the yeah. uh, White Sox wouldn't let him bring his son into the clubhouse? Yeah, so he retired. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so LaRoche made it all of uh, nine days. And then they traded LaRoche to the Braves for Red Sox legend Casey Kochman. Um, yeah. LaRoche went on to hit 12 home runs and drove in 40 in 57 games for the uh, Braves. And Kochman pretty much did the exact opposite with one homer, seven RBIs in 39 games. Um, hit 218. He was then shipped off in March of 2010 for Dollar Dollar Bill Hall. Mm. I like the, Bill uh, Hall. Seattle Mariners. Uh, Bill Hall, I think, is one of my one of my all-time favorite utility guys. I mean, he was Who good for, put for a little on? while. My favorite utility guys, I mean, Brock Holt is up there. Um, I really like Kike now. Kike is terrific. Um, trying to think other utility guys I really liked. Uh, you have any that come to mind? Pedro Siriaco. Siriaco. <laughs> <laughs> light, light hitting infielder, Pedro Siriaco. Shredder Punto. Shredder Punto. Yeah, there, there are a lot, man. Um, but yeah, no, that's uh, I can't. I had a Tony Graffinino jersey. Did you? Yeah. Graffinino made a couple big errors in the 05 playoffs. Yeah, really... ball, went, ball went between his legs. Um, yeah. My favorite, Mike Aviles. Now, do you Ooh. know who they traded Mike Aviles for? Oh, shit. I, 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 <laughs> Did know this, but I don't off the top of my head right now. Who? He was the leader of your 2013 Red Sox. Johnny Gomes? No. First name uh, correct, though. <laughs> Lackey? Nope. Oh, shit. Leader. Leader. Brought out the lineup card every day. Oh. <laughs> they traded him for John Farrell? Yep. Oh, my God. Oh, wow. That's great. I mean, a mediocre player for a mediocre manager. It's a pretty good deal. I mean, that's pretty much a one for one, right? And pretty much, you know, and my buddy and I, when we went to the game on Saturday, we were talking about this and in the last 20 years of Boston sports, you could say there has more or less been one bad coach mm -hmm. and it's not John Farrell. I know it's crazy. Bobby He's V. He's currently running for mayor of Stanford, Connecticut. Uh, that, like, I don't think, I don't think I've ever hated somebody I haven't met more in sports than I hated 2012 Bobby Valentine. He ruined that Red Sox team. He was yeah. a disaster. You could say he ended Kevin Euclid's career. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Well, no, he third base. And... Yeah, no, he was, he was a disaster uh claims to have invented the wrap sandwich obviously didn't know how to utilize shredder punto enough that's evidently uh, i mean in in terms of your how would you rank these george in terms of uh bobby v's bobby v's career all right so ad at sacred heart running for mayor of stamford connecticut uh coming out of the dugout in a mustache glasses combo to manage the Mets still while the game was going on or inventing the wrap sandwich. 
Well, I got to say, if he invented the wrap sandwich, that's got to be number one. Okay. Number two, I would put the disguise. Okay. Uh, number three, you know, I, I, let's see what he can do in Stanford. Yeah. And then number four, you know, sacred heart athletics. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I can't, I can't imagine hiring somebody who's worse at running any type of athletics than Bobby V to be an AD of a, of an NCAA institution of higher academia, but Hey, that's neither here nor there. I'm not paid to make those decisions. Um, it just so, shows the world is all who you know, not what you know. Yeah, no, definitely. Uh, last two picks, George. Uh, the uh, the Australian dude, Josh, Josh Giddy, to the to the Thunder wow. at number six, and Jonathan Kaminga to the Warriors at number seven. So UConn uh, legend James Booknight and his agent haven't gotten them selected yet have not no i should have put money on that he was gonna go uh the over under on him getting picked was 6.5 so i was gonna pick the uh, i was gonna pick the over but i i didn't uh they're comparing kaminga to jalen brown all right thoughts on or off the court uh i would hope on right now they've got they've got a highlight package of flat top jalen running around so okay. maybe maybe they're Maybe they're comparing him to flat top Jalen. I don't really know much about Kaminga. I did watch some of the, uh, the G league bubble when he was playing with the ignite team, him and Jalen green. But um, what, I mean, not to get off Red Sox topic too far here, George, but your it's thoughts Thursday, it is transaction. There's a lot of transactions going on. That's fair. Your, your thoughts on the warriors back-to-back drafts, taking long athletic kind of raw big guys. Well, you know, they did hire uh, a man who's been very important in my life in Kenny Atkinson, who is, mm. is a very, as their top assistant coach, who is known for developing young talent. So okay. if they're going to utilize his skills, I completely understand it. The, uh, I could see them trying to uh, kind of do, now this is, you know, extreme, but yep. kind of you had their first, you know, your first run with Brady. Yep. You know, so you would say you had your first run with Stephen Clay. You brought yep. in a couple of heavy hitters. You know, now you're kind of in the middle, and now you're trying to use the draft to revitalize your roster to go out and have a second run. So I could I could see him doing that. I wasn't, you know, riding shotgun next to the people that say they should trade all these picks and do all this and, you know, mm. go get that Pascal Siakam or something like that. Like yeah. you know, I would much rather. You know, the Spurs did it with Duncan. Yeah. That would actually – that's probably the better comparison. Sorry for your New England bias to our one San Antonio Spur listener out there. You know, Shea Sharano tuning in. (laughs) I'm sorry. But, but, you know, it it makes a lot of sense. You know, they had the first run with Sean Elliott and Robinson and all those guys, and then they, you know, developed Parker and Ginobili, and then they went out and they – you know, trade George Hill for Kawhi Leonard and they had their second run and they had guys like Patty Mills who they developed. Yeah. So I, I could see, I, I like what they're doing. Um, you know, we'll see if a lot of people had what the, the 24 year old Duarte going through them at 14. So we'll see if they do that, but. Yeah. I mean, Duarte is solid, but I, I think, you know, like you just mentioned, he is old as hell. So yeah. 
um, not for like the earth, but by like NBA standards. So um, that's kind of a little shades of Obi Toppin drafting one of the oldest guys in the lottery there. If you go Duarte. So um, yeah, Yeah, magic on the clock right now. So my biggest storyline coming into the draft, and this is just like a weird George thought was, where do the G League Ignite guys go? Not the two that should go in the top 10, but they're, they're still, what, Isaiah Todd and Deshaun Nix. Yep. And if they, you know, sneak into the early second or whatever. And how does that, for the, the prospects that are, you know, still undecided or coming up, you know, does that $110,000, you know, does that make it worth it for those guys compared to, you know, now NIL and being able to, you know, have Duke pay you for going to a car dealership instead of giving you cash under the table. But right. That was where I'm at. You know, what happens to college basketball, all that sort of stuff. My biggest issue with it is like what you talked about earlier, the G league ignite games are on ESPN U at noon on a Thursday. Yeah. You know, where if those, if even you could throw those games on the deuce at eight o'clock. Yeah. ESPN's got all those contracts with, you know, all the conferences, you know. Got, yeah. Got to got to show, you know, Dayton versus whoever Dayton versus Richmond in an A10 battle Thursday night over yeah. showing, showing yeah. you know, Jared Jack throwing lobs to Kaminga. So I, I I think having I think having a full season at, with an Ignite team like that would be very beneficial i know they only played like a handful of games in the bubble yeah. down there but um yeah like i don't know where they'd be based out of or anything like that They're out of LA. they are okay all right so <clears throat> um but yeah i mean th- that's interesting i i know we're we're bouncing around a little bit here but this is kind of what we do so yeah. um magic just took uh franz wagner Ah, uh, number they, eight. Now, do they sign Mo and go Dos Wagner's? Didn't they uh, have Mo this past year? That's I think that's what happened to him after the Celts got rid of him. Didn't he end up in in Orlando? I don't know if he's a free agent now or not. I would assume he's you know was on a non guaranteed deal there, but yeah, just to finish up the season type of yeah, uh, tough, type of thing. Tough break for Mo when the, when the Celts keep old Luke Cornett over you, but you know whatever. Yeah. Hey, I mean, on Wikipedia, it still lists him as being a professional basketball player for the Orlando Magic. Let's see what they – There we uh, go. Yeah, so – yeah, it doesn't say uh, how long his contract is. Uh, That's a a deeper dive than I want to make on on Mo Wagner, so I'm not going to do any more Googling there. But Wagner, Wagner, sorry. Um, Yeah. Can't get get the German listeners mad at us. I know. We can't. We – I mean, we have – I think we've had several over the years here. So, um, you know, literally several of the Germans that have tuned in. So, um, but yeah. Do you think the magic make a push for Maxi Kleber? Ooh. You know, just load up on German. Yeah. Hey, I mean, the German national team made the Olympics. Yeah. What you got to think about is, you know, Epcot's right down there. So, you know, you're pretty much in the, you know, the most German place in all of the United States. <laughs> except, uh, except probably Milwaukee. Milwaukee's pretty German, right? Yeah. They, they brew beer there. Yeah. A lot of beer, a lot of, a uh, lot of sauerkraut. I feel like there's a lot of sauerkraut in Milwaukee, a lot of cheese. It's very like, 
a lot of a lot of similarities between the two places there yeah um sacramento's on the clock now george uh, what do you think you want to get into any any honorable mentions uh socks trades that you came up with i know we we talked about a couple here um, uh you know we had the the may 29th you know shay hillenbrand for bk kim um yeah hillenbrand ended up hitting like 16 home runs after they dealt him obviously you know bill miller he had 17 home runs, drove in 59 for the D-backs. Uh, Bill Miller ended up winning the batting title in 03. That was the moot point. But the man they traded him for is famous for flipping off the fans. So, yeah. Yeah, you kind of hope you got a little more there out of BK. But Yeah. Yeah. No, and, and i got to be honest with you, and I've, I've thought this for a long, long time, and just from, what, from my experience playing MVP 05, George, Shay Hillenbrand might be like, if you ask me to draw you a, like who's the whitest baseball player you can think of, it would be Shay Hillenbrand. He like, he dressed like just zero swag. He was like almost translucent white. He wore the, the stirrups and the, like the, the baseball pants that went down to just above his ankle. So you saw like, the sock and the stirrup underneath. They weren't even like the cool ones like Manny wore. So I was never a big Shea Hill and brand guy. I thought he was a bum and he had no swag. I mean, there was nothing really to like about him, but for some reason, like you said, what'd you say earlier about, about this? We were talking about it. They like, nobody liked Shea Hill and brand, but like <laughs> they found somebody that they, they liked less Yeah, <laughs> that they traded him for. It's like, you know, Shea Hillenbrand, probably not a great guy, but, you know, BK Kim, you know, he had had – now, granted, they won the 0-1 World Series, but he blew a bunch of those games. And then you're trading him in – you're trading for a guy in a pennant race that obviously has to get out his demons at that old Yankee Stadium. But – Yeah. Um, coming back to the uh, the least swag Red Sox of all time, I'm kind of disappointed you uh, didn't go with John Olerud. Oh, Johnny O. But Johnny O wore the helmet. I mean, he's like iconic, at least. He's got an iconic thing about him. He had a look, but. Yeah, he did. He had a great look. I mean, but well, yeah, very, very white. John Olerud, I see the American Gothic picture with the guy holding the pitchfork. Like, <laughs> like That's pretty good. That's who, you know, shout out to him. Yeah, he yeah. had a tour. Yeah, you know what, he did the. One World Series with the Blue Jays, obviously played for the Mariners, the Mets, Yanks, and Sox. I don't know if he ever hit Tampa or Baltimore, but let me see. 89 to 05. Had a, had a sweet swing. Yep. Uh, All-star in 93 and 01. He played, yeah, Toronto, Mets, Mariners, Yankees, Red Sox. That was it. Yeah, must have had a John Olerud baseball card back in the nineties. I think I think he was uh, I think he was one of the first. I think he might have been the first guy that ever just went straight from like they drafted him and he didn't play any minor league games. They just brought him directly up to the majors, which is strange. Just looked at him and he was ready. Yeah, it must have been. So um, maybe we yeah, can get him on someday. Yeah, I, I think John Olerud is like the personification of 
a pair of Air Monarchs, Nike Air Monarchs, just the white yeah. dad shoes. Like that's a guy who takes his takes his kids to Disney World. He's got the the braided belt that he tucks his t-shirt that just says Orlando on it with like the little logos underneath and the cargo shorts. That's John Olerud, 100%. Only drinks one type of light beer. Yep. Well, Michelob Ultra guy. Is he a Mick Ultra guy, you think? Man, I don't know if he needs to count his calories. He might be able to take down Miller Lights. Okay. All right. Uh, King's pick, number nine, Davion Mitchell from Baylor. Okay. There's a reach. Um, and they're doing the laziest comparison that everybody's been making for months, but it's very apt. Uh, Donovan. Donovan. Yeah. <laughs> so. Uh, the side by sides here are, I mean, yeah, it's obvious, but it's like, you know, give me a little creativity here, ESPN. But um, another one we didn't, we didn't talk about uh, trade deadline. Oh, two, George, your favorite uncle cliff. Ah, couldn't, yeah, it was, you can't blame them for getting them. They didn't give up anything from cliff. It's kind of just yes. Irrelevant. To the expos. A, a lot of, a lot of trades made between the socks and the expos in the late nineties, uh, early to mid two thousands where they moved down to Washington. Uh, yeah, it was, it was swang song and sung Woo Kim for, uh, for uncle Cliffy there lasted yes. half a season. Didn't really do much. And then he was gone. He hated Boston. He hated Boston. Well, then yeah. the, the fish traded him up to the expos and then their season fell apart. He got traded twice and, three or four weeks there oh did he really i didn't realize that it was the same year yeah um so yeah, when the expos I mean, were going all in they got cologne yeah they were trying because yeah, they would they were about to they were trying to like prove that they didn't need the move yeah they uh that he played 15 games for the expos yeah in 2002 they had Vidro, so, they had guerrero senior yeah so uh, let's see. They were actually Floyd was Floyd was an expo and then was traded to the Marlins and then back to the expos. Okay. So, so he was uh, he was an expo from 93 to 96. Then he got traded to Florida before, uh, before they won the world series in 97 and then back to Montreal in Oh two for a, a brief stint. Um, and that was traded by the Marlins with Wilton Guerrero, Claudio Vargas, and Cash to the Expos for a player to be named later, Graham Lloyd, Mike Mordecai, Carl Pavano, and Justin Wayne. And then the I Expos gave up something of use in Pavano. Yeah. And then the Expos traded Don Levinsky as the uh, player to be named later didn't amount to anything and then that was july 11th and then he was on the move again to the red Sox on the 30th so a brief respite in montreal for uncle cliff there signed with the mets in january following that up um anyway plowing right ahead now george as this is nba draft night up oh, pelicans on the on the on the clock here silver's at the lectern what do this we got the, this is for the grizz though yeah uh yep yeah, yeah he's going to the grizzlies zaire williams from stanford okay so the grizz going with a uh with an actual prospect as opposed to a four-year college player yep yeah looks like it but yeah so that's going to complete that uh 
that deal, the uh, the Eric Bledsoe, Stephen Adams trade the other day. So Valanciunas, yeah, Valanciunas. Um, but yeah, so since it's NBA draft night, uh, George and I wanted to do uh, a little segment that I'm calling Draft Day. I'm gonna make this a regular thing. We're gonna do some drafting of random things that you think could make a best ba- make your best basketball team. So. Um, because the Olympics are rocking and rolling right now, George, we decided to go with our non Hooper Olympians basketball team. So we each picked five. Um, what was the, what were the parameters, George? We had to do a minimum of two women, right? Yep. Nobody from the same teams, I think. No one from the same team. Yep. Yep. And, um, and then, yeah, then it was just, Pick the five people that you think could make the best basketball team or make a basketball team. We don't really even talk about it if they had to be good. So, um, George, I'll let you pick uh, pick first. <laughs> All right. I'm just, you know, and, uh, and obviously we talked about it earlier when we were talking socks here. Um, yep. But baseball's back in the Olympics. And, you know, so I was just scrolling through the roster you know, looking for anyone of substance that I could know that maybe played a couple sports in high school. Um, unfortunately, couldn't find any stats on Edwin Jackson or Scott Casimir. Very disappointing. Mm. You know, thought either Tough one break. of them could have been a hooper. But uh, did find out, and with my first pick, I am picking Todd Frazier, the Todd father. Ooh. He is playing third base for the USA baseball team. He's 6'3". Played, played hoops in high school. He's an all-around athlete, um, you know, most famous for his Little League World Series dominance growing up for a team out there in New Jersey. And, yeah, yeah. You, know, so we, you know, went athlete. You know, 6'3", play him at the 3 or 4. Seems like a guy who would be able to get us into some good sets, you know. A little yeah. on the older side, but, you know, we're not going to be running up and down the floor on this game. We're going to be looking for, you know, isolate, get some good sets going. You know, some back screens, run some, you know, some station to station, running the Princeton offense, just pass and cut, read and react. Exactly. I like it. You got to get, got to get shooters open, man. Got to make, got to hit the back door cuts. I dig it. Yeah. Um, Son of a coach too. Got to have that coach. Yeah. All right. Perfect. Yeah. There we go. All right. So uh, my first pick, and this one might come as a bit of a surprise to you, George. Um, I went and I searched far and wide and this one I actually knew about before I started doing my research. And I said, you know what? I'm going to pick this guy first. So I'm going with a member of the diving team. Oh, wow. Michael Hickson. Never heard of him. Son of longtime Amherst college basketball coach, Dave Hickson. I was really hoping he was son of JJ Hickson. Oh, that'd be great, right? <laughs> uh, that that'd be that's like how uh, how Seth Jones is like an NHL All Star, and his dad played in the NBA. You know, Good old Popeye. If, if if JJ Hickson had a kid that ended up being an Olympic level diver, I think that would maybe eclipse that. So, um, but yeah, I mean, grew up basketball household, played hoops in high school, uh, gave it up at a certain point to focus on diving. His mother is the diving coach at UMass Amherst. He dove at uh, Indiana and I, he had one stop prior to that. I forget where it was, 
but I mean, definitely got to have a mind for the game so he can, he can run the show for me. He's bringing the ball up. He's going to get us into our offense. He knows what's going on. Good IQ guy. Um, you know, he, he was a silver medalist in synchronized diving the other day. So, I mean, you know, he's, he's good with precision and everything like that. So that's who I'm going with my first pick, Michael Hickson. Good pick. All right. So for my uh, first female pick, I'm going with Adriana French, goalkeeper, women's soccer team. Okay. Uh, sorry, not French, French. I, you know, sorry, no pronunciation there. French <laughs> was also a star basketball player in high school in Oklahoma, earning first team all county and all league honors, as well as an honorable all state performer. Ooh. So, yeah, she's 5'9, put her at the two guard, you know? Yeah. She plays a awesome. lot. She's obviously an athlete, you know, plays maybe the most important position in, in all of uh in all of uh, soccer so good, good length good, good length, length good athleticism yeah gotta have some toughness i like it yeah i like it um for for my second pick george i also went to the women's soccer team oh wow and i went with julie Ertz, wife of NFL tight end, Zach Ertz, uh, athletic family. Uh, you know, her dad played college football at LSU. Her sister played soccer, uh, in college division one soccer. So she's got some good athletic chops. Uh, I need somebody that's got some, got some toughness around football. She's got to have some toughness, you know, uh, quick, strong. I I needed, I needed somebody like that. So she's going to be running the two for, uh, for old coach Lang's uh, non Hooper Olympians here, George. That's a good pick. So with my third pick, I'm going toughness. I'm okay. going a guy off the rugby squad. I'm going with Massey Brown plays for the sevens. He's six, one big, strong guy played hoops in high school and football before uh, he ended up playing two years of D two football. And then obviously made the transfer over the rugby. Don't know Ooh. what his game is. He kind of looks like a guy who, you know, might be a little Kenneth Fareed. Okay. You know, rim run. Just, you know, it's all about glass, 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 glass. glass. So, you know, you, he's, you gotta, you win the battle on missed shots. So that's, we think he can, he can help us, you know, steal a couple of possessions. I like that. Okay. All right. Uh, next pick for me, I went size, George. I needed, I needed a big guy here. So, I, uh, I went over to the men's volleyball team. Okay. And I went with, uh, with Maxwell Holt, 6'8", played hoops in high school. Um, honestly, I have no idea if he's any good at volleyball, but if he's 6'8", and played hoops, he's running, he's running, he's he doing the rim running the rim. for me. Yeah. You know? Yeah, he's, he's running the floor. I mean, he's got to be long and lanky. He can move, mobile. You know, he's somebody that we can feed inside. Maybe beat your big guy down the floor. We'll see. You know, feed him, get him some dunks, drop steps, uh, up and unders under the rim. I don't need him to step out. I'm playing old school hoops. We're going 80s here, George. All right. Keep the guy in, in the paint, the short corners. Keep him right in there. All right. <laughs> feed the chief. Feed the chief. <laughs> oh, before we move on, your boy Book Knight just went to the Hornets. Okay. So, yeah. Uh, are you declaring the Malik Monk era over? I think so. Yeah, that that might be it for uh, for Malik Monk. So, 
He's available. Tough break. Yeah, he's available. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, back to our draft. So uh, I went size with my first pick, fourth pick, sorry, and uh, but went from the women's volleyball team. I went with Jordan Thompson, 6'4", plays opposite, uh, was a hoops player in middle school before switching to volleyball. Now she's Ooh. got a pedigree. Dad was a pro hooper, played overseas, and for your Harlem Globetrotters. Oh, so the genes are there. Um, it might, you know, there might be a reason why she she gave up hoops. Might have been the family pressure, but she obviously picked the right sport. She's playing in the Olympics, so can't really argue with her decision there. Wow, pretty good. Uh, great choice, George. Um, my my fourth pick. I also went women's volleyball here. Um, I went with uh, Misha Hancock. Uh, and She's here's on my why. Board. She was. Okay, good. So we're on the same page. Mom played hoops at OK State. Her dad was a boxer. Sister, also a volleyball player. And her hero is the soon-to-be-moved Russell Westbrook. So Not I don't think I could go wrong there. I mean, if you're, if you're a Russ West fan – He's one of my favorite NBA players for whatever reason. I mean, you're all right by me. Plus needed some size, needed to fill out that, that three spot for my team, George, you know? So um, she's, she's five ten, listed at five ten. So I'll take it. Yeah. Well, uh, for my fifth pick, probably going with a guy who uh, is happy that Russell Westbrook is joining the Lakers. Uh, you know, we want chemistry here. He has some hoop skills. Um, don't know how good he is. Uh, but we, we went to the skateboarding team and we picked Nigel Houston. Um, oh. obviously a star in, uh, in the skateboarding world, but you know, he's a, grew up a Rastafarian. I feel like that's the type of chemistry type of guy we're looking, you know, he, he obviously knows how to perform under pressure, but it doesn't get to him. And, uh, he's got a lot of tattoos that gave me J.R. Smith vibes. So, Ooh, okay. I, was, I like it. I'm thinking Nigel, you know, between him and, and Miss Franch, we got two guards and we got Frazier at the three. We got our, our you know, Marcel, Mar- Macy O'Brown playing the four. And we got Jordan Thompson at the five. We got a good looking squad. You yeah, know, I don't I, know if I anyone like can uh, can step out behind the arc, but. Yeah. Listen, we're playing 80s ball here, man. Yeah. All, all layups and mid-range Jays, it sounds like. so. You're calling your own fouls. <laughs> um to to for for my fifth pick george you know to kind of take a page out of your book taking Massio brown with the toughness i went with another sport that they constantly talk about toughness and that's water polo okay and i took luca capito dual citizen u.s and italy Hero, LeBron James, he's 6'3". I assume he plays water polo. He's, he's got to be tough, I have to assume. So I need somebody on the glass, like you. I just need somebody to go do a little do a little Faridi-type stuff. Just crash the glass. Glass, glass, glass is the most important thing here with this pick, George, okay? I don't know if he can play, but if he can go get the ball and put it in around the rim, uh, that's all I need. So... I think, you know, I got Michael Hickson at the one. I got Julie Ertz at the two. Uh, Misha Hancock at the three. I got Capito at the four and, and Maxwell Holt at the five. I think uh, I think we got a pretty good matchup here, George. You know, best of seven. I, I guess we'd have to play it and see who wins. 
So you're you're no con- no concerns that your your guy from the water polo team is a fish out of water there. Nope. Listen, nope. I, I listen. I I need somebody that's gonna maybe you know throw a couple low blows in there. I, I need somebody to do some like Rashid Wallace esque things. You know, be a little bit of a wild card. Um, maybe be a dick to the ref. That's what I'm hoping I'm getting out of this guy here. So don't you know anything about him. Guy? I I hope so. I mean. You know, it could go either way. I, I literally, I was looking for, for toughness. This guy obviously watches hoops if, he's, if his hero is LeBron James. So I'll, like I'll give you, him that. I like how you, you look for toughness and pick the guy whose hero is LeBron James. I know, I know. Well, hey, listen, just because he plays, just because he likes LeBron James doesn't mean he's not a tough guy, right? I mean, he's got he's to have some sort of fucking chutzpah in there to play water polo. You know, they always say, the most dangerous stuff happens underneath the water where you can't see it. So that's true. I mean, shit. I, I'm sure there's probably been some eyeballs gouged. Uh, you know, somebody's maybe uh, maybe trying to twist an ankle, put a little uh, little ankle lock uh, in Kurt Angle ankle lock in there. Speaking um, of Olympians, there you go. Yeah, there we go. Uh, <laughs> Uh, and and while we were drafting this here, George, uh, breaking news. Yeah. Dodgers finalizing a deal to acquire Max Scherzer and Trey Turner from the Nationals for a massive prospect haul via Jeff ah, Passon. So he, he ended up going to the Fathers, huh? He did not. Nope. Friar Faithful missed out. It's looking like they're getting outfield prospect Donovan Casey in the deal. Okay. I don't know who as that is. As well as Dodgers starter Josiah Gray. Okay. Catching prosper Kiebert Ruse is also in the deal. Or Kiebert ah, yeah. Ruse. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just bought some baseball cards a couple months ago. I got a couple of Kiebert Ruizes there. Speaking of your 04 Red Sox, Terry Francona is stepping away from the Indians for the remainder of the 2021 season. Yeah. Toss. Too bad. <laughs> Too bad. But uh, former Red Sox legend Domarlo Hale is stepping in as interim manager. Ooh. So good to see they're still working together. Yeah. Hey, DeMarlo, good to see you. Thanks for coming. Uh, Spurs pick is in here, George. And then uh, we'll probably wrap it up here. Let's see. Pick number 12 to the Spurs. Then right after this will be Pacers and Warriors to finish out the lottery. And let's see. Silver, is he coming out? Here he is, Adam Silver, ladies and gentlemen, stepping up to the lectern. Joshua Primo, guard, Alabama. Wow. A lot of people had him uh, not even going in the first. Big time shooter, Canadian. Uh, Youngest player in Division I last year. Roll tide. He averaged eight points, four rebounds, and shot 38% from three. Looks all right on this little highlight package they got here, George. Yeah, he's big time, big time player out of there, uh, Canada, you know. And he's young. Yeah. He doesn't hit 19 until Christmas Eve. Oh wow. Okay. Yeah. Any uh any any thoughts on uh on what the Celtics might do if they are they going to trade that second rounder just get out of the draft completely they're going to trade back into the first round what do you think 
I, I think uh, Stevens is working the phones, but I don't, I don't expect anyone to pick up. Um, okay. I, I, they'll, yeah. they'll probably take someone in the second round, especially mm. it looks like both their two ways are going to be available. Yeah. You know, at least Tremont waters is, will be available. You know, taco yeah. might be part of our lives forever, but uh, yeah, I don't, I think you can only have a two way for three years in a row. I could be wrong. Correct. No, that's correct. Yeah. So this is, this was his last year eligible as a three, as a two way taco and Tremont waters. So. Yeah. And uh, I know Tremont has already stated he wants to play. So he won't be back. I, I like Tremont waters. I always joke about it on Twitter whenever he has, you know, something good happen to him. Cause I, I had him on my camp team at Yale for one weekend, which is like, you know, academic camp. I'm literally just standing there on the sidelines saying, all right, remember your numbers. I'm going to, this is how I'm going to do the subs and give them numbers one through nine. And you just sub them in like that. All right. Five, six, seven, eight, nine are playing this, this quarter. So, um, but yeah, no, I I didn't teach him everything, even though I claim I did on, on Twitter. So, um, you know, good for, good for him. Hopefully get a chance, gets a chance to play. I think he can play. He's just short. What do you think? He can't play, and his, his issue was, you know, he, when he would come in, he was looking to impress as opposed to, you know, let's get the team in a set and get the ball data. But, yeah, understandable. So uh, I, I saw maybe uh, maybe the worst trade I've ever seen proposed by a Celtics fan account uh, today, George, and I'm going to read it to you right now. Uh, he said, it's one of those who says no trades. So Celtics get Shea Gilgis Alexander. We're off to a hot start, George. We're cooking with grease now. How do we Uh, get him? The number six overall pick. Okay. Okay. And then this is what they have them giving up. You're going to laugh as I go down the list. Uh, Grant Williams. A lot of value there. He's the headliner of this deal. Grant Williams. (laughs) (laughs) Carson Edwards. Um, have to they'd have to acquire a brand new thigh master at the Thunder's practice facility. Has Sam Presti only watched that Texas Purdue game from two years ago in the tournament? Yeah, the Texas Purdue. And, yeah, the Texas Not Purdue Texas, game in the tournament. Tennessee Purdue. Sorry, Tennessee Purdue game in the tournament and that one preseason game where Carson Edwards had like forty. I think those yeah. might be the only two. Uh, Tremont Waters and. Somebody who's not even under contract, uh, Semi Ojale. So, yeah, of course, let's trade a, a possible, you know, future All Star for a bunch of scraps. And the but, sixth pick, you can't sell yourself. Oh yeah, and the sixth pick. pick. Yeah, um, so that would have that would have been Giddy. So essentially, it was uh, SGA and and Josh Giddy for uh, a bunch of spare parts. It's the uh, the Ed Monix for a washing machine of of trades george well you know some have described semi ojale's intangibles as monix um unfortunately he doesn't have championship rating from the celtics so but you know you bring semi back he's only a year away from winning one so yeah he's he's a year away from being a year away exactly Uh, (laughs) um but yeah george i mean i think we can we can put a bow on it this was uh this was fun i hope everybody listening enjoyed this as much as as we did talking old Red Sox trades, drafting our non-Hooper Olympians teams, 
and and talking some NBA draft and, and baseball deadline stuff. George, you got any uh any wisdom to leave us with? Any parting any parting shots? Like we're on the old school sports reporters here. Yeah, here, here's a here's my parting shot. When you're 33 years old and you're drinking Sam Summers out in the right field boxes there in the sun and it's 80 degrees, don't be afraid to uh, mix in some potassium because right around 4:35 a.m. you're gonna get one of those calf cramps and you're gonna you're thinking amputation is the only way to get around it. Yeah. <laughs> so. <laughs> Don't be afraid to, to let the H2O flow, as John Taffer says. <laughs> Mix in a water. Um, but, yeah, follow uh, follow George on, on Twitter, uh, at CuriousGMac, right? It's not good, but you can follow me. He's, he's an interesting Twitter follow. Uh, I'm, I'm on Twitter as uh, at JLang20. Uh, make sure you uh, sub- subscribe, download, rate, review, uh, share with a friend. Uh, we're going to be doing some different stuff here uh, on the pod. So, um, you know, we'll, we'll have George back. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll talk about some more stuff and, and uh, you know, future episodes. And, you know, hopefully you enjoyed it. Uh, George, thanks for coming on, man. Great talking to you. Yeah, you know, I, I can't wait to come back on. We'll run a three-man weave with me, you, and Pocket Stario. We'll have him break down Mark Tatum's performance in the second round. Oh, hell yeah. We'll talk. We'll talk Mark Tatum. Oh, Duarte to the Pacers at 14 here. Didn't know Larry Bird was their GM again. (laughs) We'll talk. uh, Yeah, we'll talk. We'll talk uh, Mark Tatum. We'll talk Jeff Anderson. Uh, We'll talk any sort of golf courses around here that look halfway decent. Yeah, I'm sure he'll uh, sure he'll provide a lot of a lot of insight for us, George. Can't leave out the uh, the local 99 restaurant in Linfield, Mass. Oh, yeah. Local 99 restaurant in Linfield, Mass. Uh, the pretzels, the chips, or the, get your, the crackers. Get yourself with some gold wings dip. this weekend. Yeah. <laughs> great meal, great deal. No free ads, but still. Um, you can't yeah, see free when the Red Sox win. <laughs> well, they're not doing that tonight. They're getting their asses kicked by the Jays right now. So. Yeah, it happens. Um, but, yeah, George, good to see you. Tune in. Thanks for joining us, everybody. And uh, we'll see you soon.